touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Rams Nation, welcome back. This is your host, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is the Wednesday edition of Locked On Rams, and yeah, I've been kind of, been a little behind here, but we're back today. We've got special guest, James Kroger, with me from Rams Podcast. James, thanks for joining me. I basically forced you to join me. I showed up at... (laughs) Uh, Rams Podcast Studios and say we're doing this today and you're in. Well, am I a special guest at this point? I'm just, you're always I'm just a special the guest, guest, you yeah. know, randomly. So you can. And I'll then just... our loser guest <laughs> James is with us, the not special guy. Uh, but appreciate you joining us and having some chats here. We're going to break down a few things. We're going to talk about the football that happened this weekend. We're going to talk a little bit of Rams news and uh, we're going to kind of just see where this goes. Um, right off the bat, you got anything for us in, in Rams Nation world? Anything happening in the world of the Los Angeles Rams over these past you know few days that we haven't been on recording? Nothing but respect for these guys. They're winning multiple awards. I'm just seeing something on ESPN that they ran away with the NFC West awards. So... So this is chosen by the NFL Nation, NFC West reporters, our very own Alden Gonzalez is included in that. But no surprise here, we got Coach of the Year, we got Offensive Player of the Year, Mr. Todd Gurley, who's going to be also the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald, no surprise, Rookie of the Year, my boy Cooper Cup. Yeah, those awards have been coming in like crazy lately. They also, I don't know if this is the same thing, but uh, the Rams posted the all-NFL team that's uh, handed out by Pro Football Writers of America. And we had six players on it. Um, basically, our all-pro team plus Whitworth, who I think is now getting the invite to the Pro Bowl game. Um, but it's Farrell Cooper, Johnny Hecker, Greg the Leg, Todd Gurley, and of course our man Aaron Donald. So uh, great award season for the Rams. It's not what we wanted. We wanted that big award, that big trophy at the end. But uh, great stuff to build off of. This team is awesome. Excited to see these guys stick around and continue to uh, build these up. Still waiting on that big Coach of the Year award um, mm-hmm. from the NFL, which we all feel pretty, pretty confident. We know where that's going. The turnaround was amazing uh, this year. But the Rams just continuing to pour in uh, and getting the accolades postseason. Uh, there's still football being played. Was it easier to watch this weekend than the than the first you know wild card weekend? Or yeah, I'm coming off division? my my depression of the loss and. And this weekend, because the games are so good, uh, it was a lot easier to, to watch. So, yeah, it's nice to see that respect, especially coming from the writers who are really digging in and, and doing the analysis with these games. It's nice to see that people who write about this so much are giving us that respect. But, yeah, I'm over at Bear. I, it was good to watch this football this weekend, and there were some amazing plays and some pretty good games on. Yeah, and we did the the my bookie, which we'll do tomorrow as we kind of break down some of the, the games. But, um, you know... I took Jacksonville plus the points. Feeling pretty good about that one. <laughs> what a crazy game. Steelers knocked out. Um, I believe it was someone on the Steelers said, um, they basically said, we're going to take on New England anywhere, anytime we'll beat them. Uh, they forgot they had to get through Jacksonville, and Jacksonville obviously took that to heart, came out, and really was spanking them since the, the start. I think at one point they were up uh, 21 points. Steelers came back, made a really close game near the end there. Um, but Jacksonville's moving on, and uh, Jalen Ramsey, their cornerback, is pretty confident, I think, in a kind of a pep rally fashion at their stadium. He said they're going to go all the way and win the Super Bowl. Wow, yeah, I saw that. So they're rewarded with Tom Brady, who had a pretty easy day himself. They kind of did blow out Tennessee Titans with a little help of their favorite uh, team member, the refs. Yeah. Uh, a lot of questionable calls there. Uh, seems like always around that team, but at the same time, you can't 
stop Tom Brady and Gronkowski. Just watching those guys um, in the red zone and how they match up versus defenses and how they get the defense to tell them what they want to know and they figure out they're in man, so he moves this guy to the right and he splits Gronk out wide to the left. I was super jacked that Tony Romo was was uh, reporting that, that game Yeah, he, he breaks it down. And, and Tony's – I love Tony. I've been a big fan of Tony this season – a little got on my nerves a little bit. Oh, yeah, he got a little too excited about stuff. Uh, that's kind of his mo. I do like that, but it's uh, there time. were there was times where I was he just, hasn't been there much. Yeah, where he kept <laughs> repeating himself what he wanted to get his point across, and I was like, I get it, Tony. You know what's coming, or you know this is gonna happen, or you're saying that's not a foul, but you, I need you not to say it seven times in a row. So, um, but it's like people are complimenting. Yeah, me. I'm just gonna keep going. With yeah, it. but I do like him overall. I think he's he's a fun spirit to get behind there, and he's got such great insight. And sometimes you feel like he's in the headset talking, and and he makes it sound so. That was another thing. He's like, well, I mean, you got to do this here, and if you're gonna do that, you got to go. And I'm like, dude, Tony, well, you want me to bring up some of your film where you just bombed on some of these plays? <laughs> it's a lot easier standing on the outside talking about what you need to do than when you're there. Um, but he knows that. Well, and that's he, why he's the perfect guy to do it. That's why he's the perfect guy to do it. Um, so those games were good, but I mean, there's one game of the weekend that was just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, I literally had to close my own mouth from being in in shock from what just happened. And we're talking, obviously, about the Minnesota Vikings and the Saints game. Uh, Minnesota blew a 17-point lead to make this thing interesting. It was not an interesting game uh, in the third quarter. And then all of a sudden, end of third, going into the fourth. Mr. Drew Brees. Mr. Drew Brees just clicked into, uh, oh, it's the playoffs? Winner go home? Okay, let me just really kick into it here. Amazing passing from him. Amazing passing. Big plays. Kamara stepped up. Um, and, you know, scored a couple touchdowns near the end. And then the last three minutes were just craziness, right? Back and forth, back and forth. You think you won it. You think you lost it. You think you won it. And I was just overall, obviously, the greatest game of the playoffs. But thoughts on that? So there's a few things. And I want to get into breaking down that that the play that I was talking about. But before I do, I have a couple questions for you. Um, the the my bookie number, the line, I heard that because uh, – when the Saints came out late to for the for the extra point, the fact that they didn't kick at the extra point uh, messed up with the the Vegas lines, and a lot of people lost, lost a lot. Of yeah, money. I saw some stuff because I think it was like a six and a half point cover. Mm. So if they kick the extra point, then it covers at seven, and so everyone that bet on lost it lost a lot of money. So I saw a couple of videos that were on Twitter of the sports books and how people were reacting because they did come back out, they made them come back out, and then they took the knee, right? Yeah, and. People were either going nuts because they were happy they won or because they lost right there. Crazy way. It's That's another thing about betting that makes it just so insane when you have to go um, do those things. I think it's going to be something they look at in the rule committee this, this offseason that you know both teams are basically either celebrating on the field or the other ones in the locker room. Do you really need to kick it? Can it be? I saw something like maybe where the coach can decline, almost like decline a penalty, but basically say, yeah, why not? hey, we won the game. We're declined to kick the extra point. It's kind of silly that they had to clear the field and bring you know uh, the Saints back out, which obviously you could tell they weren't too excited about going back <laughs> on the field to uh, basically get you know laughed in the face again as, as they had to watch them take a knee and do the skull chant in front of them, which was pretty epic. Well, speaking of the skull chant and counting your chickens before they hatch, Mr. Sean Payton, I saw trainings today that he, after the Saints scored that last touchdown near the very end, he started mocking the fans and doing Ooh. the skull chant and turning. Boy, did that bite him in the ass. Yeah, definitely. And 
I always reminds me of, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but I had the longest hate of Jeremy Shockey. Remember the tight end, Jeremy Shockey? Yes. And there Giants. was a game, it may have even been up in Seattle when we were living up there, and they were coming back to win the game, and they had to kick a field goal to win the game. And he kicked it, and it was up, and it's good, and Jeremy Shockey, like, grabs the... Uh, the camera and he's like ah we won and what he didn't realize is the the other team called a timeout before so it didn't count and they had to redo it and then he missed the kick (laughs) and he just looked like the biggest idiot for just making this big scene and it was just another reason why I was like yes I hate Jeremy Shockey well same thing and it sounds like the same thing where you got a little too excited speaking of Seattle remember Matt Hasselbeck when they did the the coin uh, toss and he said we want the ball we're going to score and that backfired in his face as well burn burn after burn guys in the NFL don't count your chickens before they hatch yeah you gotta let those uh, never know that clock hit, you know, all those zeros before you start celebrating and do making fun of the other team because in, in this game, man, you got to play to the very, very end. And we, we realized that uh, this weekend. Well, James, you talked about it. Um, let's get into the play itself, right? Okay. I got something special for you here after this, after we get into this. But uh, I feel for the kid, right? The guy that missed the tackle. Um, was it the best offensive play? Was it the best postseason play of all time or was it the worst defensive play of all time and i i think you can go both ways right i think um what i loved about the offensive play of it was one case keenum just getting up there and making the throw you see a lot of times someone takes a sack there or they throw it way over the head he put it in a position for the guy to make a play right and then once Diggs makes that catch I'm screaming at him to get out of bounds, which I now listening to a lot of people talk about it. Most people were screaming, get out of bounds, right? Yeah. But he had the presence of mind of knowing that the guy coming at him who he felt fly by him was the last guy he remembered seeing up. So he put his hand on the ground, spun, and said, I'm going to try to see if I can go upfield. And when he turned and had daylight, he's like, dude, I'm going to take this to the house. And it kind of looked if you, it kind of looked like he may have stepped out of bounds at one point. close. they did review it. So yeah, they, they reviewed people. it and it was close, but it was an amazing play in general by offense to get him in that position but yes it's got to go down i had a guy at work tell me do you think he did that on purpose and i was like what <laughs> do you think he blew the biggest play of his life on purpose like as a rookie he had a great game. he had a pick earlier in the game um i think it was just you hear a lot of people say it looks like he hit the hit stick too early on the madden game where yeah. you just feel, find yourself just flailing and you're out of position and i think it was just the moment might have been too big he thought uh, he got caught in the middle of, do I want to wrap him up? Do I want to go for the hit? Do I want to go for the ball? And that just ended up in him in no man's land. Right, and another aspect of that is he was actually third in the league for missed tackles. He only had five the, the whole season. Wow. So that was his sixth missed tackle of of, Ouch. of the uh, season. And boy, was it a, a, a hurtful one. But it's not of character of him. He was in third place in the league for, for missed tackles. So um, the best part... <laughs> The best part about it is being a fan of neither team is the memes that came out of, yeah. <laughs> of that missed tackle because they were hilarious. I don't know if I, I don't know if I shared some with you or not. And some of them were pretty dumb and corny, but some of them just got me going. And yeah, the the meme world, man, is um, they're quick and they're they don't care, man. They're gonna come at <laughs> they're you. They're ruthless. They're gonna mix sports. They're gonna it. They're they're awesome. So those memes, yeah, were pretty funny and. Honestly, when you have something that epic in an up and a down, you got to find humor in both ways of it. Now, I guess one of my big questions moving forward um, would be, is this the biggest play in Vikings history? Mm. And one of the best things about belonging to the Locked On Podcast Network is our ability to get local reaction from across the league. And I know the big story from this weekend, obviously we're sitting here talking about it on Rams Podcast, is that remarkable win over the Saints in the NFC Championship game. 
We actually had the Vikings beat writer from Zone Coverage, Sam Ekstrom, who actually did a crossover earlier this year when we played uh, Minnesota the first time. And uh, his counterpart, former Vikings quarterback, Sage Rosenfels, they're the hosts of Lockdown Vikings podcast. And I want you guys to hear what they discussed about being at the game and what that moment was like in person and to an actual Vikings fan. So I'm going to play that clip. I love the Lockdown Network. If you guys don't know, we've got a Locked On NFL Draft podcast. We've got a Locked On NFL podcast. We also do NBA. So if you're a Lakers fan or a Clippers fan, go check out our Locked On uh, network. We've got tons of shows. So this is, comes from our Locked On Vikings. This is their reaction to that play and that game. Sage, there was a lot of protocol being broken yesterday in the press box, a, a box that is usually full of stoic, curmudgeonly men. And when the play happened, it was like everybody's impartiality went out the window. Everybody put their fan hat on for that moment. Everybody stood. Everybody reacted. There was hugging. There was crying in the press box. It was unbelievable. I made eye contact with you at the moment. I don't know if you saw me, but you were, your head was going through the ceiling. It was amazing. I was, uh, yeah, it was like a mix of shock and celebration. I mean, I think even the writers who were there, and I was standing next to Peter King, and it's like you're in shock. Like, did that just happen? And then the game's actually over? And I felt like even the impartial writers who are just covering the game, they were celebrating because they knew they had just seen really a -a once-in-a-lifetime game and a -a once-in-a-lifetime play. It was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, one of the mo- the most amazing game that I've ever witnessed. Uh, you know, I-, I was at that Bounty Gate game. You know, and, and eight years ago, uh, and there's so much going into the game for me personally uh, with the Saints and, and and thinking about the sort of the rematch uh, with the Vikings. Now we had them at home, uh, and then you know for the Vikings to get the 17-0 lead, uh, and then in sort of classic. Uh, Vikings fashion, give up that lead and you think the game's over and then to win it with this miracle throw and catch from Case uh, to Stephon Diggs, the missed tackle, the run for the end zone, the walk-off touchdown for a Vikings victory in the playoffs, absolutely unbelievable. And this is why it's the best play in Vikings history because what have Minnesota fans grown accustomed to? They've grown accustomed to having their hopes At the highest possible level, like whether it's 98, Gary Anderson missing the kick, whether it's 2009, Favre throwing across his body, whether it's Blair Walsh attempting a chip shot field goal, everybody experienced the high and then the devastation, whereas this game was the exact opposite. The emotional script got flipped with the high followed by just a low of lows, a 17-point blown lead, which the Vikings haven't done, I think, They haven't blown a double-digit lead since 2014. They gave up the most points they had at home all year. Um, You give up a fourth and 10 to Drew Brees, who was cold-blooded in the final quarter and a half, just Hall of Fame caliber. So to have that low and to get prepared for like a snowy drive home in the frigid weather just to mourn, then that happens. The perfect catharsis for years of Vikings heartbreak and to do it against the Saints no less and then to happen with no time on the clock, players streaming on the field, and, and just the, the awe on their faces. They were all little children out there. That was so cool to see all the reactions. 
it felt like there was redemption against the saints, but it really felt like there was redemption against the history of the Vikings franchise. It was like all those bad things that happened in the past for decades somehow came back and on one special play, everything went right. And, uh, and, and nobody was surprised in that football game that Drew Brees came back. I mean, the guy, just incredible. By the way, happy birthday to Drew Brees. I mean, what a crappy birthday yeah. today. He turns 39. The guy played uh, like the Hall of Famer that he is. I mean, he might be able to play for another eight or ten years. Absolutely incredible performance by him uh, in his offense. Uh, he battled and battled and found completions and, and found first downs and found touchdowns and took advantage of every uh, Vikings miscue, brought his team back, uh, took the lead. Case comes back down, takes the lead. To no one's surprise, with a minute and a half left, Breeze goes right down uh, and, and, and scores a touchdown uh, or, or kicks the, the, the field goal to, to, to take the lead. Uh, and then obviously with 25 seconds left, uh, the Vikings had a couple plays to try to get really, I don't even think in field goal range. I think really they were just trying to get in Hail Mary range. I mean, you're sort of, you know, you're sort of screwed at that point. I mean, how are we going to get the ball down to the 40 yard line of the other team that, you know, the, there's not enough time to throw a pass uh, in the middle of the field uh, to come up and spike the ball. We're going to have to throw the ball to the sidelines. You know, they're going to take away all the deep throws. So we'll probably have to throw it in the flat to Kyle Rudolph for a seven-yard gain, maybe for an eight-yard gain. Maybe we can get the ball out to, to, to midfield uh, and have one last chance at a Hail Mary. Uh, but, but that's not what happened. Uh, Case uh, pushed the ball down the field. They let Diggs get open, uh, but he should have been tackled, obviously, uh, but he wasn't. And as I said, everything uh, that had gone wrong, it seemed like, uh, in that football game for the Vikings, all of a sudden flipped and went right. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. Well, there you have it. That is Sam Ekstrom and former Vikings quarterback Sage Rosenfels from Locked On Vikings. I mean, they said it best, man. You know when you're getting the press uh, the press room and everyone in, up there that's typically quiet and has to kind of, I'm neutral, and they're clapping and freaking out and jumping <laughs> around and grabbing people. And it just there's a moment in sports where it hits above everything else. That's what I love about sports. So I appreciate that, guys, for sending that over, uh, hearing your take on, on that. Must be nice. Must be nice. When are you going to get an ex-Rams quarterback because you're a co-host inside of the special guest, me? Yeah. Or some Jim gonna, Everett action over Yeah, there. call Jim Everett or get uh, Kurt Warner up on this <laughs> mug and get their take on it. Yeah, really. So, uh, Bear, speaking of quarterbacks and speaking of coming back from unfortunate events, how about Mr. Case Keenum this season? I wanted to point out a fun fact. I don't know if you guys saw fun this fact. online, but two ex-Rams, Ram quarterbacks, are going to be playing each other this weekend. That's uh, not the fun fact yet. But it'll it be is. Case Keenum and Nick Foles. And what are their numbers? Seven and nine. Mm. Jeff Fisher. Always so. trolling. <laughs> so. How is Jeff Fisher always getting <laughs> trolled, even, even in the most random scenarios? Their numbers are seven and nine. That's some bullshit. That's right. So I uh, just thought that was really interesting and just yeah. proof of, of the potential behind these guys. And um, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> that is pretty ironic and funny. And then obviously you have uh, Sam Bradford who has been activated into the roster as well. Another former Rams quarterback up in the mix and in the playoffs. So, I mean, 
do you think he's going to come out and, you know, if they go win the Super Bowl, he's going to try to take credit for Minnesota Super Bowl win? Being 100%. Like, Those were my guys. Why you, not? I mean, they're basically my guys. So Yeah. You're, um, he already he already had a comment earlier this year about how he deserved well not deserved but he how his credit to him yeah, a little bit with on the Rams on his team, and everything. So I don't see it especially since so many teams are looking for head coaches right now. You never know. Put yourself out there. Well, we talked about it with uh, Case Keenum a couple times that he's been brought up on this show. Is I'm a big fan of Case Keenum. I mm-hmm. never blamed him for anything. He just kind of was put in the situation. Uh, they draft the number one guy. They you know, sit the number one guy and he's got to be the guy that goes out there and with a pretty crappy line and a, you know, pretty crappy coach. And we expected first year in LA to see some, some great things. He did everything right. He never pointed the finger. He always took the leadership role. He always went out there, played tough. You know, we saw a lot of him moving around and picking up some of those scramble yards that you're seeing him do in Minnesota. I mean, his effort was always there. You got to see some of the fun things that he did. I think it was him and his wife had like Waffle Monday or yeah. Pancake Monday, and he—they just seemed fun. I really liked him. Getting to know his wife via Hard Knocks, she seemed like a fun, um, you know, supportive wife, helping him with play calls and things like that. He's I really, I really liked him. Uh, I'm gonna send him a fan mail after this. Miss you, Case. I'm gonna kiss him. He was with one lipstick. of those guys that you wish spray your perfume on. Yeah, it. you kind of wish there was a spot for him to stick around and kind of back up. Um, but you understood that he needed to move on. You're right. And, you know, talking about how great he is and the potential behind him, John Gruden, you know how he does his quarterback camps, He, the first thing he said to him in his quarterback camps when he first came into the league was, draft number doesn't matter right now, does yeah. it? And it's proof in itself. You look at some of these guys that are still in the playoffs right now. Tom Brady, we all know where he was drafted, 199. Uh, I don't think Keenum was even drafted, right? And so you take a look at where these guys were draft-wise, and it seems to mean nothing when it comes to getting to the playoffs at a certain extent. So For sure. And talking about the quarterbacks left in here, there's been a lot of talk about it sounds like the easiest walk to another Super Bowl for Tom Brady as you got Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, <laughs> um, you know, Foles. Foles, and then Tom Brady, the GOAT. Uh, we've learned in these playoffs that it's not all about your quarterback play that can get you there. And we've also learned Blake Bortles is kind of doing some things. Maybe it's not, you know, 300 yards and four touchdowns, but he's another guy that's picked up a lot of yards on the ground with his feet and been able to move the chain and work off a of run game and an amazing defense. That defense last week looked to control most of the game until the end when it got a little loose and the points got a little crazy. But right. You know, I, I don't think New England's got it so easy, and we'll talk about that next episode as we break down and do a little My Bookie segment and we start to look at the, the line and what we think is going to happen. But um, your thoughts on the four quarterbacks remaining, and are we going to just kind of on, on a you know high level, do, do you see anybody but Tom Brady bringing this thing home? Well, that's the perfect equation for some crazy sort of upset, right? We've all talking about... We've been talking about counting your chickens before they hatch and some of these expectations. The NFL's having a weird evolution right now where these young guys are pulling through and these young coaches are are, are strong. And it's it's a, a breakthrough of a, a new type of NFL, a very yeah. high-paced, high-scoring, um, offensive-focused NFL. And we see right now that Tom Brady is the, the last senior left in the equation. And, yeah, if you – Anybody's not going to bet against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and winning the Super Bowl this year, but like you just said, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. The Super Bowls are crazy, and these are the times when uh, big changes can happen, and yeah. it should be some pretty exciting playoff football. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason that goes into my sadness of the Rams and not being there right now. It felt like this was a good year to make the run and, and be that youth team, that, that underrated quarterback involved in it. 
Um, but I'll tell you right now, I'd rather take the loss the way we did at home in Atlanta and just kind of have it fizzle out with maybe a couple mistakes um, than how it ended for the Saints. This massive comeback, uh, you go and take the lead with you know under 20 seconds, 30 seconds to go. It's down to one play in 10 seconds. And that happens, and your season's just robbed away. I mean, real quick before we get out of here, your thoughts on our loss versus the Saints' loss? And I know it's like picking a loss is still a loss, but I'd rather have it the way we had it. Well, as big of a heartbreaker as it was for the Saints, and as much as they came back and sort of looked like they were going to earn that win at the end, I think I'd rather have the heartbreaker because it was an amazing, one of the best plays of all time that yeah. that made them move forward. Okay. We kind of fizzled out. We got out-hustled. Our playing calling you know, was questionable towards the end. So I would rather... I would rather not burn out. Mm. I would rather have that some that crazy heart, place. Even though it would you. it would be so emotional this yeah. whole week for us, I think if to, to prove right. the value of how great this team is, I would rather lose that way. I gotcha. And it was cool. I actually saw uh, Farrell Cooper uh, reach out to uh, the cornerback and or yeah. the safety and say like, "Man, feel terrible for you. Keep your head up." Type of deal. And um, was shocked by what happened. And obviously, he kind of was the goat. Uh, a couple weeks ago on his two fumbles on special teams. So he understands that role and can probably really sympathize with, you know, what that guy's going through. And, and, you know, and also for him, it's probably good to realize like, hey, man, I screwed up. I'm not the only one, right? I'm not Mm -hmm. the only one that's going through this and these emotions and have to, you know, bounce back onto the horse and and go attack it again. So uh, it's going to be a learning experience for our Rams uh, all offseason, but we're going the right way. You know, you'll probably get tired of us hearing that, but it's the truth. Well, guys, I know we didn't get to get into too much crazy Ram stuff, but that's what this offseason is about. We're going to be talking football nonstop. We still have live football going on. We are down to the final four. So next week, I mentioned it earlier, we're going to do our my bookie. We're going to talk about uh, some of the matchups and what we think. We're going to kind of break down these games, talk about actual football that's going on, and then we'll kind of start slipping into some more Ram stuff and you know, um, getting into some really opinions of what we think can happen and, and breaking down all the great stuff that we have with free agency and franchise tagging and drafts and some of the movement with coaches and whatnot and do we have to be worried. So we're going to continue to get back into Rams. Right now we're still covering football. We're excited it's there. As always, make sure to go check me out on iTunes, leave a review. We're working on getting up on Spotify right now as well, so if you need other areas to stream, uh, soon we'll be up on there as well. Don't forget to reach out to me at LA underscore Rambling Bear. Jay Kroger 3 is, is my man next to me. Also at Rams Podcast and at Locked On Rams for you non-Twitter social media people at LockedOnRams at gmail.com. Shoot me a message. I'll be more than happy to give you a shout-out on the show and answer any questions you have or talk about any topics you want to hear. But you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time, peace. peace.